What I thought I needed in those moments was to lose weight. I thought that once I got down to my certain ideal number, I would stop restricting, I would stop binging, everything would be fine. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I got down to that number and everything was not fine. Hey you, welcome to the Let's Get Em podcast. I am your host, Emily Bott, an emotional wellness coach on a mission to end the struggle with food and our bodies. I am a firm believer that our lives are as good as we make them, and the obsession with food and our looks is no longer cutting it. This podcast is for you if you want to remember that you are more than a number on a scale or a gene size. So if you are ready to reconnect with who you genuinely are through relatable, practical, and spiritual tips, then I'm your girl. Remember, I've got your back and you've got mine. We are all on our self-love journeys together, so let's get them. Hey guys, welcome to part two of my full unedited story. If you have not listened to part one, I highly suggest going back and finding that episode and listening to that first. So just as a quick recap, in the first episode, I really described how I went from innocently wanting to get fit to become healthy, really expand my food palate and just lose weight in a healthy way and all that stuff, how that um, really did become struggle with binge eating disorder especially once I got to college so again if you have not listened to that episode I highly suggest you going to do that but um, if not without further ado here is the rest of my story so this is where I would um, this is where my third phase comes in so you might be thinking okay wow how did you get down to that number that you wanted well I formed a very disordered relationship with exercise. So I always say this, but eating and exercise, like they're so multifaceted if you're, if they're coming from like the wrong place (laughs) or they're, they're so intertwined, right? You can have a really disordered relationship with food and that can manifest into a very disordered relationship with exercise. So what happened was I started using exercise as a way to control my food. So, and to be honest, I don't, it was a very gradual thing. So my, I was probably in my like binge eating for at least a year and a half. So after I went to my mom, I would say my binge eating still ensued for at least a year to another year and a half. So I do not want to like minimize the amount of time because I know that I'm very much like summarizing my journey. Like it wasn't like bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. This was a very slow journey and I don't want you to think that it happened super quickly because it did not. So again, about a year to a year and a half later is when my exercise abuse really set in. So what ended up happening was I realized, okay, my binges will go down if I allow myself to eat a little more. And as long as I'm still exercising, as long as I start doing this, like these really rigid, hard exercise routines, like it's fine. Okay. So what happened was 
I joined this gym that was like super into HIIT workouts. And when I tell you that this was the hardest, these were like, these types of workouts are the hardest workouts I have ever done in my life. (laughs) Holy shit. I started doing them every single day. Every single day. And my binges started going down because I I started realizing, I I was like, oh, there's a connection here. Like if I allow myself to eat more, I won't binge. (laughs) So once I realized that, I'm like, great. So I'm just going to eat a little bit more, exercise way more, so that way I can still lose weight and my binges will go down I'll be happy. (laughs) That was my thinking. Well, here's what happened. So I started doing these exercise routines, and this must have been my junior year of college by now. And at first, it was okay. First, I really liked it. I think I was doing it like a pretty healthy amount, maybe like three to four times a week. I really enjoyed them, and I was doing it for the right reasons. Well, the right-ish reasons. There were still so many underlying issues. But it very soon became disordered because all of a sudden, again, I was caught in this, oh my God, I'm losing weight, and it's working. And actually, at this point in time, I had not weighed myself because I had realized that I weighing myself was too triggering. At the end of my sophomore year, my therapist challenged me to step off the scale and it was one of the best things that I had ever done for my healing process because it allowed me to stop basing my worth and my, you know, what I was eating and how I felt that day on how I looked and instead placed the emphasis on how I felt. And actually that was a really good thing for me. Um, So at this point in time, when I started doing these rigid like exercises or exercise routines, I wasn't weighing myself, but I did lose weight because, you know, you can feel your own body. So again, I was stuck in this, this routine that I had felt a couple years, what, three years prior when I was, yeah, three years prior when I was a senior in high school, like, oh my goodness, I'm losing weight. It's working. I'm happy, blah, 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 blah. So once again, I found myself in this disordered relationship in with my body. And I'm not saying it's disordered to enjoy how you look when you lose weight. But what I'm saying is when suddenly this becomes your primary goal in life and nothing matters more, when you have anxiety over food, when you have anxiety over not exercising, when you have anxiety over not being hungry because you won't allow yourself to eat because you think you're going to gain weight and get fat, that's not so good. When your body dysmorphia kicks in and all of a sudden you actually think that you're overweight, right? Or you actually think that everybody out there like doesn't know anything and the doctors and the nutritionists and all those people know less than you do because you know your body more and you need to be thin. Like that's when it's a disorder (laughs) or disordered thinking. So during my exercise abuse, I would have to wake up at 6 or 7 a.m. every single day and go to this HIIT workout because otherwise I could not get through my day. I would literally start shaking, literally start shaking, okay? I had so much anxiety on my day-to-day and the one way that I knew to deal with it was to numb out through exercise. And when I told you that I numbed out, I numbed the fuck out. I would run until I didn't feel anything. I would lift weights until I was so lightheaded that I was about to pass out. That was the only time that I found any relief in my body. I was so afraid. 
At first, the exercise was something that allowed me to relieve my anxiety, so to speak. But soon, it became something that I had anxiety over if I didn't do. I wasn't taking care of myself in so many aspects. I was also a semester where I was in so many classes in school. I was so worried about my future and all of these things. I had... um, not been sleeping a lot I didn't have you know it, just so many things I was not taking care of myself and unfortunately we had like a, a tragic thing that happened in our family earlier that year so again there were so many things going on into it but what did happen the most was how disordered my relationship with exercise became so as my binges went down I thought I was healed from food like I, I didn't see it in the moments <laughs> I really didn't think that there was anything wrong What I started noticing, though, was, you know, checking on myself and being like, yo, Emily, why are you not going out? Oh, because you're afraid of gaining weight and because you're afraid of alcohol and you're afraid of empty calories? Oh, that's not good. I started realizing, oh, wait, I'm missing out on social events right now because I'm too afraid of gaining weight or I'm too afraid of the excess calories that I'm going to consume. And even at that time, the binging had really subsided a lot. I mean, I was still probably exhibiting it once every couple months maybe I don't really remember the exact specifics at that time but it was a gradual thing right so they, they used to be every single week and then it was you know every other and then it was once a month you know so anyways um one of the best things that I did during that time and I've noticed that I keep saying that but at, at different points in my life like there was specific decisions that seriously made a difference for my healing and just my overall well-being that I want to highlight. So one of them was speaking to my mom about my my issues with food. The next was probably stepping up the scale. Um, my therapist telling me to step up the scale. And then the, the next one that I did was talking to my doctor and going on anxiety medication. I am so open about this, but that was like the best thing that I could have done for myself. I will probably do another episode on my relationship to anxiety throughout my whole entire life. But that's a huge thing that I struggled and really like battled with my entire life. And at this point in time, I knew that I actually had a really big mental breakdown my, my first semester junior year of college where another really dark night of the soul moment where I didn't feel anything. I was really afraid of my thoughts. Um, again, I don't want to minimize this experience, but that's a whole other story and a whole other podcast episode that actually didn't have a lot to do with my weight in that specific time so I'm just gonna gloss over it for right now but at this time I did decide to go on anxiety medication again another thing that I was so embarrassed and ashamed about but I knew that I needed to put and prioritize my mental health first that was the first time I was always too prideful I didn't want to have to rely on medication or something outside of myself but I had gotten to a point where I was like Emily the alternative is so much suffering And I didn't trust myself, my thoughts, my actions. I knew that it was getting bad. So I talked to my doctor and I'm so freaking proud of myself in those moments. (laughs) I think that's so powerful and there's so much strength in knowing, hey, you know what? I'm not okay in these moments and I'm going to do the best thing that I can for myself. And if that was, if that's going on medication like I did at that time, (laughs) then fuck yeah, do that. You got to do what's best for yourself, guys. You got to advocate for your needs. Ah, so good. Okay. Anyways, I digress. So 
continuing on with my relationship to exercise. So then what happened was I studied abroad in Italy that next semester. And this is the thing about that time in my life. It was like un- unarguably, inarguably, I don't know what the word is, definitely one of the best experiences of my life and one of the happiest experiences of my life because so much of my I, I just experienced life in a whole different way, a different paradigm that I had never experienced before. So much healing started to occur when I was in Italy. But the funny thing is, while I was in Italy, my biggest fear was waking. And I never told anybody this. And actually, this is probably one of the first times I'm speaking out about it now. But my biggest fear was waking. And it was always at the bottom of my mind as I was traveling throughout Europe, as we were, you know, as I was, I was drunk the whole time, I'm not going to lie, but as I was drinking my way through Rome, as I was, you know, doing, going on these excursions in Croatia and catching up with my friends underneath the Eiffel Tower in Paris, gaining weight was my number one fear. And the reason that I bring this up right now is because how I had dealt with that, you know, in the few months leading up to that was through exercise, right? Exercise, exercise, exercise. But now you see, I was traveling every single weekend. I couldn't exercise. So I really, really, really had to lean in and challenge these notions of how I was going to maintain my weight. And so what I did did was I really mentally restricted a lot, a lot. You know, for all the healing that did occur. And when I say that, like, I had a profound shift from food being just calories to understanding that food is nourishment and love and connection to the land and, like, so much more than an enemy. There's so much love that goes into food and it's not even what's on the table. It's about what's around the table. Fuck, I mean, if I could live in Italy and do that again, I would in a heartbeat. So I'm so thankful for that shift in perspective. But um, going back to, you know, how I was maintaining my weight, I was mentally restricting so much. And it was exhausting. I knew it was unhealthy. Like for a while, again, I always thought, oh no, it's fine. I'm doing fine. Hell, I'm really skinny right now. I feel great. Again, I always feel like I, I kept coming back to that. You know, you think that you're doing great and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, I'm not. <laughs> oh, so at this point in my life, I, I remember this one distinct moment. That moment was I was on spring break with my friends and we were meeting each other underneath the Eiffel Tower. My other, one of my best friends had studied in France, Paris, and my other friends had studied in Dublin. I was in Florence, Italy with a lot of my friends, and then my friends back in the States who didn't study abroad. We were all meeting up in um, Paris. And I remember that like this spring break, I was traveling so much, and because of that, I was not able to exercise for like a week and a half. And that shook me to my core. So much so that I had a mental breakdown in Paris. And I remember 
calling my mom. It was the most beautiful day, the most magnificent experience. Like the external experience was amazing. It was sunny. We were walking around. We looked so cute. Like literally nine best friends in college, like underneath the Eiffel Tower, walking throughout Paris of all things. Like what you dream about. It was picture perfect. I, I, I cannot describe that enough. But internally, I was having a panic attack. So much anxiety because I could not run. Because I was so afraid of gaining weight and because we were drinking so much wine. I remember going into the Louvre and seeing the Mona Lisa and wanting to leave and not even caring. I was so far away mentally. I remember I didn't even go into some of the museums because I was crying, like I couldn't handle it. And I called my mom crying, amidst this panic attack, not knowing what to do. And that's when it hit me again. I was like, ah, fuck, I'm okay. Things aren't okay. What's going on, babe? I really had to check in. You know, I wish I could say that in those moments, I like figured it all out and I, moving forward, I was like, oh, okay, I know what I need to do, but I didn't. I really didn't. So what happened was I, um, the rest of my abroad, you know, I handled it the best that I could. Still mentally restricting, still so deeply afraid of gaining weight. So deeply afraid of gaining weight. My body dysmorphia at that point in my life, looking back at it, was so intense. Because it was the thinnest that I'd ever been. Again, I wasn't weighing myself, but I knew. It was the thinnest I'd ever been. And this is the most interesting thing, right? So going back to my journey prior when I was in my binge eating and all of that stuff, like oh, I was not binging at this point. I mean, maybe like once in every couple months, but like nothing like what it was. Um, I remember thinking once I got down to a certain weight, right? Like it was going to be all fixed and healed and I wouldn't think of food anymore and everything was going to be fine. But the ironic thing was once I got down to my thinnest that I ever was, I was the most fear obsessed, like the most obsessed over food, the most obsessed over working out, the most anxiety I ever felt over anything related to food in my body was during this time. I was so out of alignment. It was such a burden because I felt like I needed to keep it up, right? Like I felt like if I didn't work out for like, if I didn't run those like seven miles that I used to do in Italy, like I'm telling you, it was crazy. But when I, if I didn't run this or didn't go to the gym this day that like I was gonna blow up. See, the funny thing was like mentally, I liked how I looked. I knew, I was like, damn girl. And I thought that. But internally, I was, there was so much fear and so much judgment on myself. So I knew something's not right. (laughs) So this brings me into the fourth phase of my journey. So this phase I would categorize as kind of my emotional eating weight gain journey. And I actually haven't disclosed this to too many people because it was too close, like, too, um, for a while, you know, I was going through it for a while, so I didn't want to talk about it. 
It was too close to what I was going through. So what had happened was I had gotten back from Italy and I had accidentally started listening to this podcast that um, got me in touch with my now mentor, Samantha Skelly. And I'm listening to this woman, Samantha, speak about how she struggled with an eating disorder and emotional eating and like all these things and binge eating. And like, I'm like, whoa, this kind of sounds like me. So I started listening to her podcast, Hunger for Happiness. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, she seems pretty cool. And the more that I started listening, I'm like, wow, the more that I really align with her story and like everything she's gone through and what she's doing with her life now, like, wow, I want to be this woman. (laughs) So I ended up you know, the stars fucking aligned. I have no idea how this happened. And I now getting into the work that I do and knowing how things happen as they're supposed to, like there, I was meant to, to find her and like meet her in person. But I ended up going to this conference that she was speaking at. And I heard her speaking about, you know, her story, very similar to mine and how she overcame her disorder and all these things and how now she helps people. And she, you know, certifies coaches to, through her, her modalities, her healing techniques, her emotional and energetic principles in order for them to live a life not consumed with food and calories and binging and all that stuff. And I was like, holy shit, this is exactly what I want. Exactly who I want to be. So I'm listening to her speak and I was like, oh God, I need, I need, I need to get into her program, like blah, 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 blah. But one thing was super out of alignment. And that was the fact that I knew I had ended my binging. I knew that I had, you know, healed a lot of my relationship to food. But I knew deep down that my relationship to my body was still severely disordered. I was still really thin and I was still exercising to the point of like wanting to pass out every single day. And a part of me is like, Emily, if you want to actually help people in the future, you better walk the fucking walk. If you want to help people who have struggled with disordered eating, eating disorders, whatever, um, whoever you decide to help, you can't be preaching self-acceptance and self-love when you're still at a place where you are making decisions out of fear and like needing to shrink your body and when I tell you this is like the most uncomfortable things thing to come to terms with and it was like the hardest thing of my journey when I realized that I was going to intentionally and purposefully gain weight my ego was like screaming and crying but my intuition was like no you're gonna do this you're fine (laughs) damn so basically I said you know what I'm doing this I am wholeheartedly just like listening to my body, eating intuitively, and like not exercising as much as I was. Like when I tell you, like I intentionally decided I was too thin. I did not like how I was living my life, what my mental real estate was consumed with at the time, aka food, calories, working out, restriction, yeah. So I decided I think it's time that I I put some weight on. So I did. And holy shit, was it hard. I am not going to sit here and be like, yeah, it was great. It was so easy. Oh my God, no. Gaining weight is an uncomfortable process, especially for somebody who went through an eating disorder, struggled with a disordered relationship to exercise after that for a pretty long time. 
it was hard and it was so uncomfortable and it was so untethering and there were tears and there were crying like and I actually exhibited a couple binges during this time because I needed to figure out how to eat again without restricting without like using exercise so I kind of just allowed myself to I wouldn't categorize it as binges but I just allowed myself to eat I decided that I did not want to be afraid of weight gain anymore it took months of acceptance months of leaning in and cultivating a different relationship to myself other than my external appearance which I'll get into in a moment but Eventually, I got to a point of, I was the heaviest that I'd ever been in a long, long time. And I loved it. And I still love it. Because what happened is, as I leaned in, as I allowed myself to eat and exercise as I pleased, and I started prioritizing my inner world. And at this point in time, you know, Samantha was my mentor and taught me all of the ways and tools how to actually tangibly do this, which now I teach my own clients. But when I started tapping into the inner world, my mental health, my mental well-being, attuning to my body, asking myself what I needed, like certain things like that and actually honoring it and not making decisions out of fear, not making decisions out of fear of weight gain, but decisions out of like genuine self-love and self-acceptance because I knew that I was so much more than a body so much healing occurred but that took a long time of like emotional eating and so what I mean by that emotional eating how I describe it is you know using food in ways to cope with emotions using food to either numb out certain experiences or feelings because again when we are eating food we actually we fundamentally cannot feel the negative emotion that's going on because our body can't do two things at one time so what would happen is during this phase I would start eating and I would kind of forget about the anxiety that I was experiencing about having to gain weight which sounds kind of funny and counterintuitive but that's kind of what was happening because I knew that I was doing it for a purpose but I still hated it like I still had to lean in and gain weight even when I didn't want to if that makes sense so I I had this like really interesting journey of emotional eating and figuring out okay how do I actually start nourishing my body in ways that are self-serving and again this took about that eight to ten months that I was describing to you really hard at the beginning so many stumbles and falls and ups and downs like anything like any journey during this time the skills that I had gained about emotional eating again was just learning to ask myself what did I actually want what did my body want whether that was food whether that was moving like what does it want because when I started the program there was still a part of me that was attached to trying to heal everything and not gain weight again that that idea that I keep coming back to like I did previously like the idea that oh my god I could get on a a specific health regimen or I don't even want to say diet or like healthy lifestyle or I can just eat super clean and work out all the time and be completely fine but the truth is and this was my journey and it does not mean that it's yours okay this is just what I needed to do to heal fully and be integrity with my word so I can do this type of work but 
I knew that I needed to relinquish the fear of gaining weight, relinquish the fear of eating quote-unquote unhealthy foods. I needed to drop all the food rules and just let myself eat and move how I pleased. In doing that, I gained everything. For so long, for those 8 to 10 months when it felt really hard, I was like, why am I doing this? Like so many times I would be crying and be like, I can't do this, I can't do this. Even though I was doing it on purpose, okay? Like that's the thing. You can be completely intentional and still have moments where you like doubt yourself, okay? And that's part of the process (laughs) and what I talk about all the time. But once I got to a, a place where I was maintaining my weight and I was moving again how I wanted to and I was eating what felt good and listening and honoring my body, There was no fear around food. There was no anxiety around food. There was no anxiety around exercise. There was no anxiety around being, not being hungry. The anxiety that I had felt for so long when I was at my thinnest of, oh my goodness, I'm that hungry. Therefore, I need to go on a walk or therefore I need to exercise more in order to allow myself to gain weight or allow myself to eat, excuse me. That was gone. I had gained my mental real estate back and I realized I gained my life back. Through that is how I got to my final stage, my fifth stage, my true healing. In this place I've been in now for quite a while and it feels so good. It feels so good to be able to ask myself, "Um, are you using food in a self-serving way right now? Oh, you're not? Okay, cool. Well, that's probably not going to serve you in the long run and you might not feel too good about that. Would you maybe want to reconsider utilizing a different behavior right now? Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. That's literally what runs through my mind. There is no shame. There is no judgment about eating. There's no embarrassment. There's no, I should have done this. There's nothing. You know what has replaced all of that? Happiness. Joy. Literally loving life. I am obsessed with my life. Like literally obsessed. I wake up every single day so goddamn thankful that I am here. So goddamn thankful that I can go on a run that I have access to the foods that I do, that I am here on this earth, like doing what I get to do because, oh my God, does it fill me up? Like I always say the, the space that my eating disorder turned disordered relationship with food and exercise, I never know what to call it, turn emotional eating journey, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? That took up 95% of my mental real estate constantly. The ability to be present right now in this moment, speaking into this microphone, right? Like I I find myself tearing up right now even as I'm saying it because I am so fucking happy. And it's not for my body. Again, I'm the heaviest I've been in a long time. And guess what? That's not a bad thing anymore. I'm not afraid of gaining weight. I also trust myself and know that I'm honoring my body and don't think I'm going to gain any more weight. 
<laughs> I really don't. And if I do, I do. And if I don't, I don't. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter anymore. My ability to be present each and every day, I will never underestimate how good that feels. There is so much fulfillment, happiness, ease, joy, contentment, all of the great things, excitement about life. You know how awesome it is to be able to go to brunch and like enjoy brunch and not worry about, oh my God, what if I eat too much and I won't be hungry later? What if I gain weight? Do you know how awesome it is to wake up, be so enthusiastic about your life and the work that you get to do and the clients that you get to help and the people you get to serve that you actually forget to eat like I'm not saying this in a way of oh my god look at me I'm not eating no I'm saying this in a way of I was at a place once where focusing on eating and planning out my meals was so obsessive in something that I like forgetting to eat was not a possibility and now I'm literally in a place where I'm like, did I eat breakfast today? Oh, fuck, I need to do that. Or did I eat a big enough lunch? I don't think that was enough. I'm going to go have a snack, even though I don't feel super hungry. I know that I need the food. And not being afraid. (laughs) As I'm sitting here, my stomach is actually rumbling. And I'm hungry, which means I need to go eat. But before I do... I want to conclude this episode. Guys, it's a fucking journey. I want to summarize what I've, what I kind of put out. And again, I'm actually probably going to split this up into two episodes because this was so fucking long. (laughs) But I needed to get my true story out there, my unfiltered truth, what I've been through, why I now help individuals who have struggled with binge eating, food obsession, emotional eating, all the things, exercise addiction. Guys, I've been there. And I know exactly every single thing that you are going through. My complete journey from when I became obsessed with food has been at least five or or six years. Yeah, probably five or six years. And it's taken me that long to get to this place. And I have no doubt in my mind that like I can maintain this place because I'm like my paradigm has shifted and how I show up is shifted. And the community of women that I've been with has fundamentally altered my state and my perspective on my body and life that I'm not leaving this place. And I know that. And that feels so good to trust myself. So again, my journey went from just wanting to innocently get fit as a high schooler to struggling with binge eating disorder to struggling with exercise addiction to then emotional eating and not knowing how to show up for myself to finally a place of actual, genuine contentment and healing. It took so long so wherever you're at in your journey I hope that 
this episode or these two episodes have really given you just a sense of comfort in knowing that you're not alone. A sense of, oh wait, I'm not crazy. There is nothing actually wrong with me. I'm not alone. Guys, I'm here for you. I I totally am and I will not stop speaking about my experiences until every single person, every single individual, man, woman, however you identify, like, until you know your inherent worth is not about your body. It's about something so much more internal and deeper. I'm not going to stop speaking and doing this work. If I had told my 16-year-old self that I was going to be at the same exact body size she was then and instead of thinking that she was actually like obese because I did again my body dysmorphia my body hatred my inherent fat phobia all of those things that I now realize was at play but at that point in my life I hated myself so deeply for like if I were to tell that version now that yeah no you were gonna be super thin and hate yourself (laughs) and then you're gonna decide that gaining weight is the answer and you're gonna love yourself so much more (laughs) I would have probably thought you were crazy, thought I was super weird, probably judged the shit out of me, being like, who is this creepy girl? Why is she, she's oversharing. (laughs) I would have been so judgmental. Oh my God, I was the worst as a teenager. (sighs) But you know what? That's okay. I still fucking love that version of Emily because she was doing the best that she could at that moment in time. I'm not mad for how long my journey took. I'm so fucking thankful and grateful that I found this body of work and I found my mentor. Because honestly, the people in my program, I'm the youngest one. The mo- I think the average age is like 35. They've been experiencing these types of relationships with food for like decades. And I am so thankful that I finally found this. A place of true healing at the age that I did and that I was ready to receive that. Right? So I just want to end on one final note. If you resonated with any experience or thought or feeling that I went through, reach out. Let me know. Right? Like I I, I spread this message that I'm spread my story. Right? Even if you're not ready to speak out about yours, that's okay. You don't have to be. You don't have to do what I'm doing. <laughs> promise. But I would love to know if this helped. I, I seriously would. And know that if you are interested in spreading my mission of this podcast and my work, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could really share this with other people. Send this to the friend you know who's struggling, who might really resonate. And if you are interested in my work, in my program, if you want to know, hey, Emily, how did you get here? Like seriously, after all you've been through, how the actual hell did you come to this place of loving yourself for who you are, not what you look like? Mm, Then you'd be perfect for my program. I am launching my official program called embody my one-on-one signature six-month coaching program very very soon and if this is something that you want in on 
you want to know how did I do it? (laughs) I basically give you every single thing that I know. Thousands and thousands of tools and insight and tips that I have in my toolbox. And I give it to you. And we go through it in six months. So that you can show up for you and live a life that you are obsessed with. If this is what you are interested in, shoot me a DM. I will send you an application and we can book a call to see if we are a perfect fit. I love you so much to whoever is listening. I hope that this podcast brought you a little more comfort. I hope this podcast allows you to suffer just a little less. I promise you, know that people have been through it and want to help and support you through your own journey. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Let's Get Um podcast. One quick thing before you go. If this episode brought you added value, insight, or inspiration, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could help spread the word of my podcast and my mission. If you could please write a five-star review and share this on Instagram, I would be forever grateful. Make sure to tag me so I can personally thank you. And if you screenshot your review and DM it to me, I will enter you in a raffle to win a completely free one-on-one breakthrough coaching session with me. Yep, that is a $150 value, completely free. So what are you waiting for? I'll talk to you soon. Until next time, let's get out.